Hi, great to be with you today. I'm so glad that you've joined us from wherever you're watching from. I just hope this message is a great blessing to you. Well, we're living in a whole new experience these days uh, for most of us with this uh, uh, thing called isolation. Uh, We've discovered new terms that we've uh, not ever used before like self-isolation and uh, social distancing. Uh, they're, They're all common terms that we're using all the time now. So we've gotten used to a new normal uh, in in this current season. So before I go on, I just want to do a caveat. Um, The illustrations that I'm using today are spiritual metaphors. So please uh, observe social distancing for your safety and uh, the safety of others around you. So while this social isolation and and, uh, social distancing is is a novelty for many of us, For some people, isolation is their normal. And one of the core values we have as a church, one of our uh, culture uh, keys, is to be inclusive. And and, uh, that's what we we desire to do, is to be a church, a place that is inclusive of others wherever they may be and wherever they come from. But uh, isolation, when you're, you're trapped in a life that is isolating... Um, there's some certain trigger points that, that I've kind of just uh, discovered, um, bumps in the road of life, so to speak, that can affect our ability to interact with people in a normal way. So some of, those, some of these um, uh, isolation trigger points can be a sickness. They can be uh, age, you know, particularly old age. They can be uh, family breakdown, divorce, or, or personal family issues. Uh, just social awkwardness sometimes can can create a, a distancing of us from others. There's um, unemployment. Uh, can all lead to varying levels of isolation or living a socially distant life. So a great strength in, in Christian life is the gathering of the church. Right now we're not able to do, to do that in a normal way, but we should never underestimate the value that the church brings to people and that church gathering brings to our our soul so church is people and we've taken down uh, the barriers in church of of isolation to create a spiritual community of faith and we've got to do that a little bit differently these days and I just want to thank uh, uh, Vanessa for her great um, communion message this morning that really flows in and ties in perfectly with what uh, the Lord has given me to share with you this morning. So uh, personally I can't wait till we can meet again in person and we will uh, in, due, in due season but until then uh, this, this uh, lifestyle change that we're adapting to is uh, our, our new normal. But Jesus had a lot to do with the socially isolated. And I want to give you four instances today that I hope will really uh, inspire you, perhaps even challenge you, motivate you to reach out and to make a difference in the world. So before we look at this, let's go back for some history. And I want us to start this morning going to the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 13, verses 45 to 46. And I'm using the New Living Translation It says this, So those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. 
They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. So contained in the Old Testament law was God's instructions for social distance. Isolation for those who showed symptoms of contagious disease. So the disease that was most feared at that time was called leprosy. It had no cure and was highly contagious. So Jesus, though, interacted with many who were isolated according to the law and others who were isolated due to social convention. And uh, I I really believe that uh, what Jesus showed us through his interactions with people is that he brought people into victory from isolation. So I I think the... uh, uh, a good title for my message this morning would be Victory Over Isolation. And, and I think that is true, that uh, we have a part to play in society, in our culture, in our world, to break down those social barriers that many people live with to bring them into a place of uh, communi- uh, community, communication with others in a healthy way. So my first story I'll, I want to show, uh, show you this morning um, is found in the book of John, chapter five. Uh, sorry, chapter four, verses five to forty-two. We're not going to read all that this morning, but it's a story of a woman, and she's known as the Samaritan woman. And Jesus not only took time to talk with her, but he talked to her at length. So um, let, let me show you a few things. John chapter four, verse nine. It says the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So and Jesus walk past the, the, uh, that social divide to talk with her. So uh, there was a gender divide that Jesus crossed to reach through into her isolation. Uh, in this story, Jesus broke the rules of engagement to talk um, to a socially isolated woman. Um, and um, I think that the, uh, uh, John chapter 4 verse 27 Uh, Jesus' disciples, it says, were shocked to find him talking with a woman. Uh, That's just a a, a paraphrase by me, but uh, they were shocked. And I think we we don't understand the gravity of what Jesus did by uh, talking to a woman, a Samaritan woman. It was like he broke the the gender taboo and he also broke an ethnic religious divide that uh, divided those peoples. So... um, I'll give you another one. Luke chapter 19, verses 2 to 7, again in the New Living Translation. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. But the people were displeased. He has gone to to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. So Jesus crossed the divide that isolated this man, a rich social outcast. So he was dishonest. Uh, Some people would have viewed him as a traitor to the nation. Uh, He was corrupt. He used his position for personal benefit to gain 
uh, financial benefit from uh, exploiting other people. So if you've heard the saying, and, and sometimes you see bumper stickers with this, uh, few mates. Uh, well, Zacchaeus had no mates. Uh, he would have barbecues at his house all by himself. He used to go to the movies and uh, get a large popcorn and a Coke and uh, uh, a hot dip chocolate uh, cone uh, and, and sit there all by himself and watch the movie totally alone. So no one came to his parties, no one went to his house. So Jesus came into his life and invited himself to Zacchaeus's home. Zacchaeus, to me, is, is an illustration uh, of, of selfishness on steroids. He was socially excluded, he was isolated, and he was unwelcome because of a social dysfunction uh, that existed in his life. So Jesus uses Zacchaeus to illustrate that he came to seek and save lost people. You, 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 it's described very clearly in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. So Jesus reached beyond the social isolation of Zacchaeus, and it changed Zacchaeus' life forever. So uh, I'll give you another story. The next story is, is one of extreme isolation. So Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. Again, the New Living Translation. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Now, that's just an amazing story, an amazing testimony of, of a miracle, of a healing that Jesus performed right there. But we don't have an adequate description of the horror the onlookers must have felt when they saw a leper approach Jesus. So right there, there's, there's, a, there's a huge um, uh, social uh, taboo that the, the, the leper has has done by introducing himself to Jesus, by, by going out in public, by, by uh, uh, getting into the, to the community where there was other people around and seeking after Jesus and, and falling at Jesus' feet. So um, if we go back to Leviticus 13 where we started, the man with leprosy broke the law. Jesus broke the law and reached out and touched him. That's the most incredible part about this, part, uh, this particular story. Jesus broke uh, the law by reaching out and touching this man. The leper was obligated to stay out of circulation, to isolate, to stay away. And Jesus saw past the disease and reached out to this man in extreme isolation and brought healing to his life brought healing to his situation, brought uh, uh, a healing to his isolation. So I have one last example, and that of those who have no way of escaping their isolation unless they had others to help them. Mark chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, let me read this to you. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Now I'm not going to go into what happens next. The, the religious leaders start a, a huge debate, start to um, uh, 
discuss among themselves uh, uh, who does Jesus think he is. We're uh, talking about forgiving sins. But I can only imagine, if we go back to the paralyzed man now, I can only imagine the isolation of the paralyzed person. Some situations can uh, never self-resolve. This, this paralyzed man had a situation that wasn't going to self-resolve. So the detail is that there four men arrived carrying him on a mat to Jesus or on a stretcher. They couldn't get to Jesus, so they, they got creatively destructive. I, I like that uh, mindset that they had. And you know, when you think about it, you would need a, a pretty big hole in the roof to fit a stretcher through. It wasn't like they just poked a hole so they could you know, uh, yell down it or talk or, or, or pass some, some things through. They, they would have built a, or, or created a, quite a huge, sizable hole to fit this guy and his stretcher right down to Jesus, to where Jesus was. So um, it, it is a powerful thing that it says, uh, in what uh, Jesus said, it said, seeing their faith. Their faith looked like a hole in the roof. They were thinking, we've got to get him to Jesus. Whatever it takes to get him to Jesus. And I love that Jesus saw that and, and uses the expression, when he saw their faith. And I want to tell you something. Um, our faith isn't something that should be uh, hidden. It's not something that other people can't see. It should be something that, like a hole in the roof, that is, that is out there, that is raw, that is, that is uh, extreme sometimes. I don't think we should be uh, afraid or ashamed of that kind of faith because Jesus is attracted to that. You may not have perhaps the, the reason or the need to chop a hole in a roof with your friends to bring someone to Jesus, but there is something in the team and in, in that that sense of unity that these four men had that involved uh, that, that, that got involved together that uh, they got their friend to where he needed to be which was to Jesus see what happens next Mark chapter 10 um, verses 10 verses 10 to 12 I'll read it to you then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said stand up pick up your mat and go home and the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. And you know something? When these guys decided, you know, uh, you know we don't know names, but uh, th- their friend was, was paralyzed, isolated most likely, uh, and they brought him to Jesus and he is totally and instantly and miraculously healed. So my main point in in this story is this man, the paralyzed man, his condition, he's unable to escape his condition, his isolation, without the help of others. This is about reaching people that can't reach Jesus alone. Um, As as, uh, believers, we have a part to reach beyond those in social isolation of the spiritually broken and bring them to Jesus. So the healing virtue of Jesus crosses every isolating divide. The isolation of racial divide, 
of gender divide, of social divide, of sickness and disease divide. Jesus confronted them all and brought hope, healing and connection back into those people's life. So wherever you may be right now, Jesus reaches beyond whatever may be isolating you or those you know, and he wants to bring a restoration. He wants to bring a healing. He wants to bring a, a, a new normal back into those relationships. So I want to pray right now for those who may be in uh, similar circumstances, or you may be just feeling for whatever reason, uh, a, a normal part of your life is you feel isolated. You feel disconnected. You feel somehow um, uh, there's a broken connection between you and other people. Maybe you, there's feelings of uh, misunderstanding and, and uh, mistrust can be uh, areas of disconnection that create isolation. So I want to pray for you this morning. And as I pray, I just ask that you open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to come right in and minister healing to you where you are as I pray. So Jesus, we believe that you reach beyond every isolating circumstance. I pray right now for those caught in a life of isolation. May they be released from every form of isolation in the name of Jesus right now. Set them free. Jesus, help us to see those who need friends, to carry them, to give us eyes to see and hearts willing to reach out. Lord Jesus, I believe in the work that you did upon the cross to heal every life. May we, may we be watching. May there be true connections, true relationships that defy the things that want to isolate people from each other. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, before we end, I want to give people the opportunity to accept Jesus as their personal Savior. He is the connect point between God and man. 1 Corinthians 15.22, it says, Just as everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. That life is found in Jesus believing, putting our faith, putting our trust in Him. It's the way out of a spiritual isolation that keeps us disconnected from God the Father. So I'm going to, if you've never done this before, I'm going to ask you to join me in a prayer. The prayer is going to come up on the screen. And I just ask that you pray this prayer as I pray it. And pray along with me. And I believe that there can be a spiritual awakening take place when you pray this prayer, believing and putting your trust in Jesus. So will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life, and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So if you prayed that for the first time today, we would love to hear, uh, hear from you. Drop us a message on our Facebook, on our, uh, Facebook page or uh, on our uh, One Heart um, um, uh, website. I've got it there. So we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to send you some information if, if uh, you've done that for the first time today. But I really want to express uh, my thanks for tuning in with us this morning. And may God bless you and have a fantastic week.